What's up, you guys? Welcome to the May 15th edition of the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. Get ready to go over a host of ideas. We'll talk some Game 1, talk some Game 7, baby. Talk a little bit of lottery, one of my favorite things. And with me to do so is Ryan Knass. What's up, man? How's it going? I hope you uh, enjoy these playoff games. We have the past two games decided by a total of three points. It's been some, some fun stuff. Yeah, man. Not boring at all. That game was great. And honestly, and I say this all the time, the Warriors never had a, they've never played a boring game to me. Like, yeah, the fourth quarter is bad, but I enjoy the first half so much, I don't care. Just, oh yeah, super fun team to watch. Yeah, man. And I, I was also saying on Saturday, I watched uh, I watched some WNBA over the weekend. So, nice. Did you, did, did <laughs> How was that? Um, on Saturday, I compared it to watching the Magic. <laughs> that's harsh yeah but I mean I, I get it and I'm not used to it like it's still basketball but like even did the their ma- season just start yeah it started on Saturday and there were no games okay. on Saturday so I watched okay. a, a few games on there and like I, yeah. like I was saying on Saturday it, it's cool it's like like I like pizza and I mean the Warriors pizza is like ideal brick oven New York style pizza that I love where the magic are like Totino's party pizza, you know, it's still pizza, but it's not as good. Where WNBA is like something else that's not quite as good. Like I don't know, like um, like a good salad, you know. I get like a good salad from time to time, but the best salad in the world won't touch the best pizza in the world. But yeah, I hate to say it, I don't really watch the WNBA. Yeah, but I don't yeah. watch too much of anything but the NBA because I only have so much room right, for right. sports. Yeah, so I, I yeah I can't really offer an informed opinion. But I feel like it's when I watch even college basketball. It's like a different yeah. game. There's yeah. there's different things you can appreciate. There's different you know elements of the game that are emphasized. Um, but you can't expect to see the same spectacle as you get in a Warriors-Spurs playoff game, for instance. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's a good comparison. Yeah. College basketball, WNBA, and the Magic, they're all the same. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so we're going to talk about a few things. We do want to go over Game 1. I do want to plug my column really quick. I wrote Daily Dose for Sunday slash Monday morning. I loved it, man. I loved uh, kind of just going over a game. And I talked a lot about Kawhi Leonard. And man, what a difference a one player makes, and he made a most valuable player bid. So I'm going to rattle off some on-off splits with Kawhi Leonard on and off the court. I'm just going to keep it simple here. So net rating with Kawhi on the court for the Spurs, plus 36.2, without minus 46.4. Rebounding percentage, they lost about 23%. Uh, the pace went up when he was off the court by uh, four possessions a game. What really killed them with the net rating was a 138 defensive rating versus 92 with Kawhi. Uh, mm. It was just a beatdown, man. And my, probably my favorite thing I looked up was how Kevin Durant performed with Kawhi on and off the court. With Kawhi off the court, it was 23 points, 34 usage rate, 85 true shooting, plus 78.1 <laughs> net rating. With him on, only 11 points, 28 usage rate, 43 true shooting. So efficiency was cut in half. Um, and then also, all of Durant's, except for one minute, uh, Durant was up against Kawhi. Not straight matchup, but while he was on the court. Um, so, I mean, uh, Kawhi, man. Uh, his MRI is probably coming out right after this podcast is released. I mean, if Kawhi's out, like I, I picked the Warriors to sweep regardless. And I would I would have lost that for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. if, if Kawhi didn't sprain his ankle. 
Um, so, I mean, if Kawhi is even missing, I don't think he's going to... That doesn't seem like an out for serious ankle injury to me. What do you yeah. think? Yeah. No, I, I agree. Uh, and I, I thought Warriors would take this in five or six games. Um, Obviously, Kawhi's out this week. There's, yeah. There's no doubt about that. I mean, I think it was Mark Jackson during the telecast last night. It was basically like... Like, when we didn't know if Kawhi was going to return or not. He was like, based on how they played in Game 6, like, if you have a 21-point lead with less than eight minutes left in the third quarter, and you can't win this game without Kawhi Leonard, how good is your team anyway? Yeah. And I I was talking to my wife, and I was like, well, the Spurs, you know, their defense doesn't typically give up, like, 15 nothing runs. And then, boom, Warriors went on yeah. that 18-0 run. And... That was it. Like this, the sense of inevitability just built and built and built. And by the time the Spurs scored their next bucket, I think it was Aldridge or someone. It was just the game was over. Um, you know, even though it was close down the stretch, it was there was yeah that sense of inevitability that there was no way they're coming back. Um, but I agree. I think Aldridge or uh, Kawhi's ankle injury shouldn't keep him out for the series. I think you know they return to action on Tuesday you may be forced to miss that game yeah. but then they head home and can try to turn the tide yeah i would honestly i would straight just sit him uh, yeah. for i mean for him to sprain his ankle and we said this in the last podcast we had in all of Rotor world's database we only had one noteworthy ankle injury so we usually track whenever a guy gets hurt it's amazing one time um, and now it's been three times he's rolled his ankle so yeah. um, and then as we were kind of hinting at they're off. So basically the NBA is allowing the Eastern Conference to catch up because um, they'll have Game 7 tonight, which we'll talk about. So Wednesday will be Game 1. Friday will be Game 2. No Game Thursday. And then Spurs hosting Warriors on Saturday for Game 3. So that's a lot of time off. So yeah. you basically give him five full days off um, to get right. Um, he looked Actually, I thought, him, I thought I saw him favoring his ankle in the first half. It wasn't... Holding him back, but you could just see a couple, you know, when, when the play wasn't on, didn't have his adrenaline going, you could see he was kind of bothered by it. Yeah, so. he, clear, he clearly wasn't 100%, because even yeah. the, the push-off, when he tried to run down the court and he pushed off and, you know, caught David Lee's ankle, or foot, um, no, like, that's not an issue for Kawhi normally, but because his ankle's already weakened, there's already damage to the ligaments and so forth. Yeah. You know, it's it's easier to sprain that, that that injury to re-sprain it. And I mean, talk to Steph Curry; he knew all about that. And you know, early early in his career, if your ankle's already injured, it's much easier to re-injure it. And um, huh. that's exactly what we saw. And the fact that he hurt himself on tw- in two consecutive plays, um, and you could debate whether Jaja's play was. Kind do you want to go? Do you want to go there or no? Uh, we could talk about it. I mean, I don't think. Listen, if Kawhi is giving him the benefit of the doubt, and he's the consummate professional, yeah. and you know, the the thing that was a little bit sketchy was the extra half step that he took, yeah. kind of coming into him, and right after he had hurt his ankle, you're gonna you're gonna undercut a guy. So you know, was it, it wasn't a great play, but with the benefit of you know hindsight, I, I think it's just an athlete trying to. As Kawhi said, he's just closing out the shot clock is yeah. going down, so we knew he was going to shoot it. He's just trying to get in his grill, and I think that's all it is. Yeah, it's not like he was like look. I mean, the Jalen Rose Kobe thing always comes up, and that was clear. I mean, you could see Jalen like looking to where he put his foot. Neither Zaza has outstanding peripheral. I I don't because he, <laughs> yeah, he, right. he he's a big man. He doesn't have a lot of hops. It's tough to stop that momentum, so I kind of give him the benefit of the doubt. Obviously, if you want to say it was a dirty play, I'm not going to argue with you. But like I said, yeah, I really, yeah. I really don't want to. I don't, I don't like when people call people dirty out, man. So if, if you want to, I'm not. I'm obviously cool with that. Like I said, but um, okay. One other thing I, I do want to mention is 
as I mentioned, the defense was bad. But the reason why the defense was so bad was almost because the offense was so bad. They gave up 28 points off turnovers. I wish I had the second half stat on that. I don't. Uh, and 32 fast break points. So offense, the defense to offense, and that was just killing. Draymond Green had mm-hmm. so many great passes, outlets, and that one pass to get Zazan for a layup, that was one, one of the most precision oh, through hands, non-bounce yeah. I'm a bounce pass guy. It wasn't a bounce pass. Would have liked that a little bit more. But uh, it was, I mean, they, that, it's, there were so many times when Aldridge, they would try to feed Aldridge down low, and the pass just went underneath the basket too far. Aldridge would try to throw it back out. Curry would pick oh. it off. They, that happened, I want to say, three times. Yeah, it's painful. Yeah, that's why Aldrich's turnovers are so high. Which they basically Danny Green had a had one terrible pass on the baseline. Uh, David Lee on an inbounds pass when Steph yeah. Curry stole it and drained a wide open three. I mean, these are all momentum changers. Yeah. And, and Danny, it, it was too much. Danny Green was dribbling the ball too much, and actually, Danny one of Danny Green's dribbling turnovers uh, led to the Dre Tech, which made him mad. And Draymond locked in. I, uh, okay, let's talk about so if Kawhi's going to be out. What are they going to do here? We saw Kyle Anderson step up. I thought he played really well. Um, the stat sheet doesn't really say too much. Uh, he was And he was on the court kind of on the front end when they were kind of holding water, and then they kind of got off a little bit right when they were about to go crazy. But 4-4 four and four and 2 assists. Um, and like I said, he made some good passes. I thought he defended well. Um, yeah. I think he's going to uh, – honestly, with as bad as Gasol was, I don't see him getting better. I would start him. Uh, if Kawhi's out, I would just go Mills. And I may even put Mills on the bench, man. Uh, just start DeJounte and give second-handed, uh, a little second-unit boost. Um, so one of those two, Green, Simmons, Anderson, and Aldrich at the five. I'm thinking Pop will probably stick with Gasol at center. Just because he's not one to overreact, he's probably going to go with a familiar game plan. But you're right, Anderson gave them great minutes. Um, was really one of the only things they had going for them after Kawhi's injury. Um, but yeah, and you mentioned you know the offense was stagnant and terrible and turned into easy points for the Warriors. And they also just had no answer for Steph Curry pick and rolls. Yeah. He was torching them over and over and over. Um, and Kudos to Pachulia. He was setting some some good, clean, hard screens. And, you know, Steph only needs a couple feet to get off his, his shot. And they're going to have to figure out something, whether they, you know, have the big man jump out on Steph on those plays because Jaja is not the biggest, uh, you know, roll option. So I, they're going to have to change their defense there. Yeah, if you stop Zaz on a roll from, like, four feet out, he's not shooting the ball. <laughs> I love – and that's what's good. He, I love that. I feel like he understands that. The best shot in an offense isn't like an eight-foot semi-open shot. I feel like that's kind of come down. Um, okay, so I mean, I thought Dejounte Murray played pretty well for the most part. And then to your point, that starting unit smashed, man. Um, but it was Kawhi. They smashed because of Kawhi, though. So, so I don't really know. Like, I, I think you kind of got to go back to the drawing board, man. I mean. And yeah, you're, and you're gonna be struck early. Clay Thompson was like one of eight to open the game or something terrible. Yeah. I mean, they, they had two of their key players didn't even have a good game. They were down by 26 at one point, maybe, and they still won the game. I mean, obviously, it all hinges on Kawhi, but it's like if you're the Warriors, you got to feel phenomenal coming out of that. Yeah, man. Um, but especially with Kawhi, like, what? But then again, I mean, they'll, be, they'll have a 2 0 lead coming from home. Um, okay, so I guess we should talk. Like, if Kawhi is gonna play. 
what does that do for you? Do you, I mean, do you still, do you, are, you, are you buying that strong first half? It looked like the Warriors were just not interested. So I think that's the rest versus rust factor. So mm-hmm. I don't quite, I still think that, I, I mean, my sweep call gets a, gets a free pass. Cause I mean, like I said, I definitely would the Spurs would have for sure won that game. Uh, whatever the Warriors want to say, but, um, do you still, I don't know, I still feel like the Warriors, even if Kawhi can go, I still feel like they're going to be all right. Well, yeah, they're going to be all right. I mean, I mean, like, I mean, four or five games, all right. Yeah, okay. I think if Kawhi's healthy, they, the Spurs win at least one game at home. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I don't I don't see a sweep if, if Kawhi's, uh, even if he's a little bit... So you are, buy, you are buying that first half? A little bit. I mean, it's tough to say because that was such a dominant, yeah. like, uncharacteristic performance. And you're right. The Warriors were a completely different team in the second half. They looked much more locked in at both ends, much more energetic, getting all those 50-50 plays. Um, so, I mean, the Warriors are going to win this series. But yeah. I think this, the Spurs could, could, you know, have the talent and the, the system in place and the discipline to take at least a game. Yeah, there was a lot of ball pressure. We didn't really see that. They were kind of just getting Kawhi free passes to the to the lane. Um, yeah. And even, I mean, and one, it, sorry, go ahead. No, one thing I should mention in terms of the trajectory of this series is we've talked about Kawhi's injury playing for good reason, but also Andre Iguodala didn't play in the second yeah, half. That's what I was going to Because he had a, a left knee injury, and uh, he too is having an MRI, which I don't think we know the results of no, just yet. Not yet. Yeah, uh, yeah. But if he's out, I mean, there are they rely on him to check Kawhi yeah. frequently. Um, so that's that's a potential game changer as well. And actually, I looked into that from my column. What what the the fix was for Mike Brown was he basically made Sean Livingston become Iguodala. They used their what was what they usually call the death lineup for seven minutes, and it smashed, man. Uh, yeah. They they had a 150, 155 offensive rating in the seven minutes. Um, and what the so if you're gonna play Livingston there, they basically made Ian Clark the backup, which I, I think that's a good call. Uh, yeah. Livingston, you know, he's not real. He's like he's kind of Igadala s. He's got length. He doesn't really have an off uh, an offensive game right now. He can make. He had a couple beautiful cuts. Um, and his post ups. I mean, yeah. you put Patty, Patty Mills on him, dude's going into the paint, and you don't see that a lot from yeah. guards. Yeah, he's and a good he, little mix. He's he's efficient and he's confident with it. Like he's looking to post up. It's kind of awesome. I yeah. I, I really like his game. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, and, and it's weird because I don't like Aaron Aflalo who does that a lot. But Livingston's, I feel like when he posts up, it's more like ten feet in, where Aflalo's like twelve to eighteen feet. Big big difference. Yeah, and I feel like Livingston wants to get to the basket, but if you're going to give him the semi-open fadeaway, he'll take it. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I mean that's pretty much it. Uh, I it, they're sitting in a dollar, right? I mean, if a guy who's had he had a lot of knee problems in his Philly days, um, so I mean, he why would you ever play him, especially with Durant with how careful they were with him and all these injuries, blah 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 blah. Like they're sitting, yeah, you have yep. to sit him. Yeah, I, I don't see him at all. There was, a, I think Marcus Thompson broke this story from the Mercury News, and his the title of his column said there's a strong chance that yeah. Iguodala will sit out game two. So if that was the word immediately after this game, yeah, you just I can't see him playing tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I guess quickly on the Warriors, like you said, and the pick and roll game was killer, uh, and the off screen game. I mean, Curry just. He just would zip around, and all of a sudden, he would look like he would just cut through the paint. Someone would take a couple steps out, set a screen, bam, wide open three. Uh, it's just such a difference from what they saw against James Harden, where 
They know exactly yeah. where the offense is coming yeah. from. Yep. And they run they both run pick and rolls a lot, but the way they score off those pick and rolls is so different. And um yeah, they weren't really going they were going very ISO heavy early. And then once they got into that bread and butter pick and roll play, they it led to so many easy open buckets. So um chalked it up to Kawhi if you want. I really don't. So I, I think that if you're looking at the Kawhi stats and all that, I think it's kind of a 50-50, not to sound like a, a cop-out, but it was a little bit of the words just figuring things out and a little bit of just not having Kawhi. Because Kawhi wasn't really involved in a lot of those um, too much isolation. They weren't really going at him too hard. Like I said, Turan only had a 27 usage rate. It's not too high. Yeah, I'd say the, the biggest difference there might have been more offensive because you, as you pointed to earlier, the Spurs offense just got stuck in mud and led to a bunch of things, and they didn't have anyone to create shots. So I, I think Kawhi's presence was more important, or would have been more important, uh, in those final 20 minutes of the game if he could have just been a stabilizing force on offense. When they're, yeah. they're panic, I mean, they had possessions where Bobby, or uh, I'm sorry, Bobby. Uh, anyway, Simmons, Jonathan Simmons was going one-on-one against Draymond Green off the dribble. I'm like, you, like, you have Jonathan Simmons dribbling against uh, probably the defensive player of the year. What what do you think's gonna happen here? Yeah. <laughs> sure enough, he he like multiple times he stumbled, ended up losing his dribble under the basket, and that's the end of the possession. And then the Warriors are out and running, and those are the moments where you really missed Kawhi. Not so much in the pick and roll defense, but in his ability to create shots and yeah. break down the defense. That's been big. He's been at about five and a half minutes of ball possession of actually having the ball in his hands during a game, which is almost two full minutes higher than it was during the regular season. Um, I just want to talk about the Jante Murray, and we're kind of hammering this point home. They need a ball handler, man. Uh, Patty Mills is not an on-ball guy. We found that out. He was bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, honestly, like I said, I and obviously Pop's smarter than I am, but I, I would start Murray, man. I mean, you desperate times call for desperate measures. We've seen Murray have two or three great games, the Cleveland game, obviously game six against the Rockets. There's a couple other ones. I'm impressed, man. I, I would just throw him out there. Like they like with the Rockets game, let him, let him do what he has to do. He has the length. Tell him to yeah. just keep keep your hip pocket, or be right in Curry's hip pocket. So I think that's that's the call. He has to play more. Yeah, you said it with the length, and he's kind of a fearless dude. So yeah. he could. I, I think he's willing to chase Curry through all sorts of uh, you know screens. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm actually with you. I, I think he almost got to do that. Yeah. Mills, as you said, is much better. You know, if he's a catch and shoot player he's great if he's just running around screens and um getting his shots that way it's great but you give him the ball and ask him to orchestrate an offense against the warriors incredible defense i think they led the league in defensive efficiency or maybe they're number two beating the spurs or something um yeah it's not gonna it's not gonna happen so they need to find some other way to do it and And real 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 quick um mention of manu who was awesome throughout this game and he he was the only reason that they made it a close game in the second half. Uh, he's terrific. And he's his playmaking is one of the few things that the Spurs can rely on with, with Tony Parker obviously done for the year and uh, Kawhi potentially out more games. Would you start him? Is that crazy? No, I think no. no I think you... I mean, if you start him, your second unit is... Yeah, but then you you start him for Mills. Yeah, no, I don't know. I, I think he's playing well in his current role and you don't want to... Yeah, you know, tip the boat over too right. much. I may have to look this up, but Patty, I feel like Patty Mills off of Kawhi's passing is phenomenal. Like that, like all of his back-breaking threes during the Rocket series were off a of Kawhi kickout. 
Yeah, sure so, seems like it. Yeah, so I'll have to pull that up. Um, okay, so I think we covered that. Um, oh, Lamarcus really fast. He looked great early, and then they put Draymond on him, and Draymond shut him down. Uh, Draymond really locked in. I don't know if he was on tilt from that tech, but um, I don't know. I don't know if I'm buying the strong Lamarcus series. Like they said, they want Manu said that, Pop said that, Lamarcus said that. Really, the whole team's like, oh, we need Lamarcus to go off, and they do. Um, so, yeah. are you buying first half or second half, Lamarcus? No, second half. I mean, <laughs> the war. Granted, you know, again, there's the Kawhi factor where he gets more space to operate. They can't be quite as aggressive against him with Kawhi on the court. But man, they they double teamed. Aldridge just a couple times, and he turned the ball over like every single time they yeah. double teamed him. I'm surprised. Some, like we said, not all on him, but yeah. And this is, I mean, we're talking a multi-time all-star. This is a guy who should be used to this sort of defensive attention and pressure. But the Warriors are, they're phenomenal defense. Draymond Green is, you know, built to defend him. And he too often settles for the turnaround, fadeaway uh, sort of jumpers. And even when he was wide open yesterday, he he kind of like fade, faded away on most of his jumpers. It was strange. He just looked a, a bit off. Um, and he's been hit or miss throughout the playoffs, hit or miss throughout the season, if we're being honest. And, yeah. uh, yeah, I just don't, I don't see him being their, yes. you know, their, their second hand savior sort of. Yeah. So he, uh, out usage rated his true shooting uh, in the second half, 40, <laughs> 40.1 usage rate in the second half versus 38.4 true shooting first half, very nice 69.0 in the first half, uh, 27.7 usage rate. So still, and that was with Kawhi. So that's nice. Yeah, Twenty-eight yeah. and a sixty-nine is delicious. Um, and then what else? So it's, okay. So I think we covered the Spurs. I mean, we we Clay, let's talk Clay Thompson really fast. What's his deal, man? He had a couple of really ghastly defensive possessions. He's been at, his defense has been really good, but I don't like. And he had a couple of shots that were open. He was passing very hard in Game Seven esque. Like, was it the time off? We know Clay and his nightlife and. Like Zaza outscored him again. Uh, I wonder if he's gonna have a plaque and they'll go fishing and all that. So like, what's up with Clay? Is it is just in a rut? I mean, we've seen Clay go on these cold spells before. Is it just another one or what? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's shooting thirty eight percent in the playoffs. Um, even in the games, you know, to close out the season, he was kind of terrible. Forty two percent in in April. But yeah, I think he's he's just in a rut. He's too good of a shooter to struggle. Well, I would like to say for this long, but he's been he's been struggling for a month apparently. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I, I think that offense will get him so many easy open looks that he's going to get back on track, and I'm not I'm not worried. Yeah, compared to the regular season, usage rates down like five percent. Um, and keep in mind, KD missed time, um, so that it shouldn't be like that. The thing um, is, he was he was really active offensively when they were getting thumped by the Spurs. And when the Warriors yeah. went on their crushing run, Clay was nowhere to be seen. So yeah. that's kind of a, kind of an interesting trend. Yeah. It was all Curry and Durant and Draymond and easy buckets. Yep. And he had that one layup, that cutting layup. Was, I mean, it was. I guess it was contested, but the guy who was contesting wasn't really off the ground. Like he, It's a layup he should have made. Uh, and then yeah. also just to hammer that home uh, point home, true shooting is down 10% from the regular season. Um, so yeah, he hasn't been very good. I, I don't. I like we said, he looks healthy. I don't know if he'll. I think he'll snap. I think he'll have one of those games where Nick Stauskas will show up and he'll drop like a, a thirty 
fourth quarter or thirty. Yeah, like like okay, so J- game three versus the Jazz, Clay shot one of nine from the field, yeah. had six six points, and it was just terrible. Yeah. And then he followed up the closeout game with twenty one points on nine of sixteen shooting. Yeah. I yeah, I think he's just due for a turnaround. Yeah. All right, so uh, game seven, we kind of covered everything from that one. I, mean, I covered most of this series, and I think everything kind of came true for what I said on Saturday. Um, but I guess, what did what do you think? Um, just to give you a quick version of what I said, it was uh, a lot of like this, uh, a lot of transition buckets for the Celtics, a lot of cutting, a lot of Avery Bradley. Um, a lot of trapping on Isaiah, which is why they had so many cutting baskets and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, do you expect any changes from what we saw in Game Six? Uh, and I guess predictions or pretty much, what do you expect to change? Who do you think is going to win? Um, well, I don't think Otto Porter will go scoreless. <laughs> uh, I don't think Bradley Beal will score thirty-three points. Um, <laughs> you know that the, there were certain fluky elements of that game in both directions. It was. Kind of curious. The Celtics bench scored five points. That's not going to happen again. Um, and I, I think the Celtics are going to take it. The Wizards on the road have struggled badly. Uh, you know the. the oh, we got some breaking. Is... We got breaking news on Kawhi. So Pop said Kawhi is not going to play, and Pop also went off. He called it a totally unnatural closeout. Uh, yeah, it sounds like he went off. Um, we'll listen to this after we do this podcast, but he's highly ticked, uh, according to some people. Um, so yeah, everything we said pretty much holds true. It sounds like he's going to be kind of day to day. But yeah, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, we're good. We don't need to make any changes to what we said. <laughs> yeah, and good, good call on the extended rest between yeah. games two and three. And yeah, pop, pop. You know, we gave. Josh had the benefit of the doubt, but apparently Pop didn't. He said he has a history. He elbowed Patty Mills in the head last year in Dallas. An arm bar that, in quotes, almost broke Kawhi's arm last year. Uh-huh. Neither neither of those plays I remember, but obviously yeah. Popovich yeah. does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good old Pop. I can't wait to listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, back on track. I mean, anything you want to add? I, I disagree. One thing you said I kind of disagree with. And that was, you seem to write off Bradley Beal's 33. I bought it. Uh, he was 0 for 7 to start from 3. This guy is so complete as a scorer. I wouldn't, if the if the Wizards do get this game, I think Beal is going to be a hero. Um, they really need to keep Wall in check. Wall also had a really bad first half. Killed it uh, in the final, we'll call it 18 minutes of that game. Obviously the game winner, first under 10 second uh, go-ahead shot of his career after going 0 of 6. So... Yeah, it's going to have to be those guys. Like you said, Porter's going to have to be better. He has to be better. Um, they're really giving him chances, um, the way the way they're going to pressure Beal and those guys. So yeah, uh, And like you said, they're, I think it's like their plus 12 net rating at home and then minus 12, something like that, um, on the road. So I, I think Boston still should be fine. Um, they need to play well. Avery Bradley said they wish they played yesterday, yesterday being Sunday. So, yeah, n- nothing really... I, I expect pretty similar stuff to happen. Just um, if if John Wall plays well in the first half and the second half, and same with Beal, I think yeah. the Wizards got it. That's fair. Yeah, and the the Wizards are obviously their game plan is to take 
you know, Isaiah Thomas out of it and forced other people to beat him. And Horford's been stepping up. Avery Bradley, fortunately for the Celtics, looks completely healthy. You know, his his health was a big issue early in the series. Um, But they need guys like Marcus Smart to make some shots. They need Rogier to come (laughs) off the bench and make shots. They need Kelly Olenek to be effective. They need Jay Crowder. So if those role players struggle again, they're in some serious trouble. But... Um, and especially with the rebounding differential. I mean, in that game, they were out-rebounded, uh, game six, I should say, 46 to 37. And that's a trend throughout the yeah. playoffs. They oh, yeah. don't have the personnel to re- – it's all year they've, they've been out-rebounded, basically. Yep, Bulls um, got them. So that, yeah, and, and so that could be an issue, especially since Gortat had 13 boards in game six, but and four of which were offensive. But he only played 25 minutes due to foul trouble. So if he's on the court for 35 minutes, he could, you know, he's pushing 16 boards, maybe more. Um, so the Celtics, you know, they've got some some weaknesses for sure. Okay, so one thing I want to talk about is one of my favorite events of the kind of off season slash post seasons, the NBA draft lottery, and it's a good one this year. Uh, a lot of lottery balls falling a certain way it could really shake some teams up. Uh, the Kings have really the the Kings and Sixers have the most riding on it. Um, and just to go over, if you're not familiar, the NBA lottery is only for the top three picks. So basically, they pick the top three, and then if you don't get the three, you basically stay where you are unless someone leapfrogged you. Uh, and last year was the first time it went one, two, three, which is crazy. So just to give go over, uh, the Nets are giving their pick to Boston uh, from the old... Good old big three trade, whoops. Um, and then, like you said, the Sixers are keeping their number four pick, obviously. And they could get the Lakers pick. The Lakers are sitting at the three spot, but if someone leapfrogs them, uh, they lose their pick to Philly. So if they pick they fourth or worst, that, that's all, they have a top uh, a top three chance is 47%. So they're expected to lose this pick. Um, and then also the Kings... Their pick with New Orleans is top three protected from the boogie trade. That's only a 4% chance to happen, but that'd be crazy. So the Kings could, like if the Pelicans are in the top three, and so this couple teams leapfrog the Sixers, or even this, if the Sixers are in there or whatever. Actually, that wouldn't be good. You, the Sixers would fall down. Um, it's just a lot could go down. Um, so do you think the lottery could... I'm going to write about this on, on Tuesday. It just sounds not familiar to you. Uh, but do you like the lottery the way it is with the top team having a 25% chance or anything like that? Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously a lot is made about tanking and so forth and incentivizing teams to lose. But I, I don't see, I, you know, I've heard a couple different proposals about how to tweak the draft lottery, how to completely overhaul the draft lottery. And none of them really stand out to me as better than the system as is. I yeah. think if you're the worst team in the league, you have a... 25% chance of getting the number one pick. That's not that's not huge. That's, you know, not incentive. You, you already clearly have a terrible team. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a real critic of the current draft lottery system, I would say. You know, tanking rightfully enrages fans, and you don't want to pay good money for a game to just to see a team play their their scrubs and, and intentionally lose. Um, scrubs? Are you but, talking about TLC right now, or what? Timothy Lowell, yeah. whatever? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't want any scrubs. <laughs> to go to a game. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm not, I don't know. I, I've yet to be to hear a very compelling argument for an alternative system for the draft. Yeah, I'm the same way, man. Like you said, 25%. And if you are the worst team, you have a 64% chance to be top three. So... 
Like you shouldn't be pick if you're the worst team in the NBA record wise, tank or no tank, you should pick top four. Yeah, um, and, and we're all, I mean we're all about parity, right? We yeah. want teams to be fighting on a fair level, and a lot of that has to do with which small markets can attract players and so forth. Yeah. And one of the ways you can do that, like why did the Wolves have Carl Anthony Towns? Yeah. Because they got him through the draft. That's how you develop talent, and that's how these small market teams can compete. So I think, uh, yeah, there's a lot to be that's said. That's a great point because if the Sixers had won the lottery, they were, they were number one. If they had held their number one position, they would do that. Could you imagine that team? If they had, if they didn't have Okafor and they had Towns instead? Yeah, nuts. My God, that, that would be crazy. They'd run out and beat Towns lineups. I would lose it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, I'll write about that um, thoughts, and I don't know what I'm gonna write yet, but it should be pretty cool. And then lastly, I just wanted to ask you: we've been talking a lot about top five for season long, um, so do you have an idea for? And just kind of off the top of your head, uh, I had I had Cat and, and Giannis at one two, and then it kind of gets tricky. Um, do Do you have any thoughts on top five next year? Yeah, that's tough. Um, Towns. Center eligibility certainly gives him an edge. Uh, Giannis, the way he closed this season, and I mean, he's just his arrows pointing straight up. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm not against them at one two. It's very tough. You're right though. It's, it's this is hard. Uh, yeah. Durant is you know in, in injuries have taken a bit of a toll, but he's overall on a per game basis the number one player again this year. So I don't think he drops out of the top three. Dirty Do player we... Zaza, man. Zaza's the one that undercut him and took his leg out. Yeah. And <laughs> stay uh, away from that guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean even Anthony Davis only missed you know, he he played seventy five games this year. Yeah. Yeah, which we yeah. T- Steve and I talked about that a lot. It feels like the most fluky seventy five game season of all time. Yeah, I'm not entirely buying that, but I don't yeah. think, you know, I think this takes away a bit from the narrative of, like, he's yeah. a completely injury-prone guy. And granted, he he went down so often this year. It felt like every game he was heading to the locker room with a, yeah. a minor injury, and he came back most of the time to his credit, but a lot of, a lot of scary moments for his yeah. owners. I don't I don't think I could take him top five just based yeah. on that. Same. Uh, we were, Curry, we were like Curry six, has seven. proven that despite Durant's, you know, um, presence, he's still a top five guy. Yeah. You got Kawhi as this two-way menace. So I think, I don't know. And then Westbrook and, and Harden. So yeah. top five is tough. I'm gonna, yeah. I, I, I'd go with Westbrook, Harden, Giannis, Cat, and probably, I don't know. I mean, do you leave out Curry, Durant? Yeah, it's, Durant was so good before he got That's hurt. brutal. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I, I had Durant in there. And then yeah. one other thing I want to ask yeah. you is Jokic. Um, he was so good. Um, I think he's top ten. Right? Has to be, yeah. Jonas and I have, yeah. I think, at eight. I think Steve's like nine or ten. Yeah, I'd have to. I have, I've yet to really sit down and look at this, but I, I think I'd probably take him nine or ten. I'm more with Steve here. I think yeah. there's all and, the guys I just mentioned, and Kawhi, Curry. Uh, yeah, you gotta get a mock there's, draft there's together. A bunch, but also, you know, again, the center eligibility, Jokic. Could be huge there if you lock up a an elite center with the number nine pick. That's pretty solid. We gotta get a mock draft together ASAP. Yeah, that'd be fun. Actually. Hey, next next column maybe next. Yeah, week. for sure. Well, yeah, we'll figure it out. All right, so we're out of here. You guys enjoy Game Seven tonight. Enjoy Game Two. Um, Jonas and I, I think, are doing Wednesday. We'll probably do DFS. Uh, should be it should be fun. Uh, hopefully, there's well, we'll see. What actually we can't because there's no game on Thursday. So never mind. We'll figure something out. 
Yes, there's no overnight slit. Yep. All right, so you guys take care and enjoy your week, and thanks for coming on, Ryan. You got it, Mike.